Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to the latest Lace Partners HR on the Offensive podcast. My name is Chris Howard. I'm the Marketing Director at Lace Partners. And today, once again, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Aaron Albury. How are you doing, Aaron? Very well, Chris. Very well. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. You're a lot happier now that you're up north and it's a bit cooler because you've been, as we were talking about just off air, you've been melting in a flat in London up until recently, haven't you? I have. I have. Now, up, up in the uh, countryside hiding away on the edge skirts of uh, a lockdown Leicester right now. Lockdown Leicester right now. Lovely, lovely. And we have a special guest with us, don't we, today? Because we wanted to have a chat with um, Andy Barlow, who is uh, co-founder and VP of innovation at AppLearn. So, Andy, how are you doing, sir? You all right? I'm very, very well, thank you. Looking forward to the session. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a delight <clears throat> to have you on, mate. It's interesting to hear that uh, Aaron thinks that Leicester is north. Um, talking, talking, talking to somebody from Manchester, uh, but uh, nonetheless, nice to nice to know that he's cooled down a bit. Yes, he, he certainly has cooled down a bit. And what we're he's going to get red hot today because we're going to talk about digital adoption platforms. And you're, I'm just going to get you to talk a little bit about Applone in a minute, and then. What Aaron and I were really keen to have a chat with you about was um, the Pulse report, the digital adoption Pulse report that you guys at Apple put together and released, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago now. Um, so we've been wanting to get you on just so we can pick your brains on some of the findings there. But before we go into the actual Pulse report, you know, what was it? Who did you survey? That sort of stuff. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about Apple so that we can uh, we can let our listeners who may or may not know what you guys do, uh, tell them a little bit about your journey and your history? Sure, no problem. So, um, <clears throat> Applearn as an organization was founded in uh, 2011. And basically, we were founded off the back of our customers' challenges. Um, our customers were implementing or investing and implementing in some of the early cloud technologies. Uh, now, now, almost every technology is cloud. But in 2011, we were still in the early days of cloud deployments. And one of the consistent challenges with um, with those deployments was was driving um, what we refer to as digital adoption, and that's a person's ability um, at a moment in time to be able to embrace a given technology and and really get the value that they want and both and the value that the business wants from from that investment. So from our perspective. Value is very much uh, inherently linked with with adoption. High adoption equals high value. And what we decided to do is obviously form AppLearn, which would have a laser focus. And almost we made it our mission to to, to understand what it would take to, to help our customers adopt those technologies. Uh, Ten years on, and uh, now we have a, a well-established platform that allows us to track in quite some great detail, uh, user interaction with technology, and then subsequently help them in the flow of work. So, come on a longer, a longer way in uh, in the last ten years. Yeah, certainly. So let's talk specifically about this uh, this digital adoption pulse report. So, is it the first report that you've produced, or is this a regular thing that you guys produce every year, or quarterly, or what have you? 
No, it's the, it's the first digital adoption uh, report. What we've seen with the digital adoption market is it's grown into, into really obviously what it is today. It's been acknowledged by analysts, et cetera. And given the fact that, you know, from our perspective, we're one of the authorities in the space, given the fact that we created one of, if not the first digital adoption platform in the market, uh, we wanted to be able to, to, to listen to the businesses that we work with and better understand you know, the trends and barriers uh, that they uh, experience regarding digital adoption. As you, as you both know, working in the space, you know, we see uh, huge investments in technology. I don't think any of us see any signs that that's going to slow down, even given uh, the recent pandemic. Uh, so for us, it was really about understanding, as I say, what, what, what trends and barriers uh, our customers were facing when it came to uh, adoption of new technologies. I think it's really interesting because, eh? as you say, we uh, also work in this space and we've known sales and, and AppLearn since we formed business back six years ago. And clearly, you know, our focus is a lot of the time on HR adoption and adoption around HR. But having read through the survey and, and the results of it, clearly this, this has covered all sorts of technology, cloud-based technology implementations. And there's some really interesting statistics came out from that. Uh, what, what, was, what was sort of the big ones that hit you when you, when you read through it and saw the results? I guess from from my perspective, the um, one of the biggest ones was that thirty three percent of the respondents that we had said that the most in, the most important outcome for them at that given time uh, in terms of business value was their ability to reduce support costs, uh, which I found hugely surprising because. Um, you know, you look at the you look at the investment trends in you know in, across function, and the we do see we do see a shift to to enterprise service management businesses investing in that, and perhaps it's a reflection of of that that we see such a high statistic of people wanting to achieve that from an investment in technology. I think one of the other reasons may be uh, is that the the actual survey was undertaken in well begins to be undertaken in March. And as a result of that, perhaps at that moment in time, the leaders that that, that, that contributed to the podcasts, maybe maybe reducing support costs was a priority. I know that I read that 68% of businesses had seen an increase uh, in the amount of support cases created. So perhaps this is a, a direct reflection of that. Right, so it is a good point because I think we've seen post-COVID at least a, a real upsurge in interest in case management tools. People recognizing Absolutely. that with the high volumes coming through, they want to they want to move away from Excel and other products, and or even even mixed environments of, of different case management tools. And, and clearly, putting in a, a strong adoption platform is akin to getting is akin to prevention rather than cure, isn't it? In terms of sort of medical terms, you're getting in there before people really have a problem addressing it right to source and helping them, so they never even raise a case. Absolutely. I mean, I just had that. I, I literally just had a, a call with a very, very large global technology company we'll all be aware of. And we, I just had that very conversation. You know, one of my frustrations, you know, I, part of my title is innovation. And uh, I spend a lot of time looking at technologies around the world. And I, I like you, Aaron, I've seen this, this spike, this rise, this this investment in, in enterprise service management and case management technologies. And I think that they're amazing. You know, I really, I really, really do. I think one of the things I struggle with is uh, is the reactive nature of some support tools that are out there. You know, we, we're finding better ways to deal with the problems we have. 
And in my, from my perspective, we need to start to create less problems. You know, uh, yeah. we, need to, we need to start, you know, like our technology's got to the point now where we know that a user's going to have a problem before they know they're going to have a problem. At the end of the day, we should be able to solve problems before they even occur. It, it is important for us to, to solve challenges that do come. You're not going to be able to catch all of them, but I think... Einstein said something like, "You can't. We, we can't solve the problems we have today with the same thinking that uh, within which they were created." And uh, for me, that's a reflection of that. And a number, of, one of the other stats that came out, interestingly, connected to that stat was, as I say, thirty percent of respondents said that one of the biggest value points was trying to invest in technologies that reduce support costs, yet 42% that redu- said that reducing support costs was, was one of the diff- most difficult outcomes to measure, which I found, I found incredible, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was struck by one of the other statistics that sat alongside that in the report, which was, and then this is close to our heart, Andy, which is around the sort of, I think it was 38% of respondents felt that behavioral change was key to digital adoption. And we see that all the time. And I think that, that's where the digital adoption platforms really do get ahead, as you're saying, get ahead of the problems and the challenges by recognizing where those behavioral challenges are going to be, where those choke points are in the organization um, and addressing those early. I, I guess it wasn't a surprise to you seeing that statistic, but good to actually see people starting to recognize it. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously I could talk about this all day uh, because I'm so passionate about, I'm so passionate about transformation and uh, the associated uh, impact it has on organisations. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's great that we saw um, that we that we saw the statistic. The thirty eight percent of people recognise that you know helping people embrace you know new processes, habits, and and really behaviour behaviour change is critical to success of new technology deployments. I think uh, you know it, it's it's great to see that there is an acknowledgement. My concern is really is that I do get a lot of questions around. Well, how do we do that? How do we change and influence uh, the right behaviours? And I think that, from my perspective, that's the difficult part of the word transformation. The easy part is, um, and this gonna, I'm sure there are going to be people berating me for this, but the easier part is making is selecting the right technology uh, and implementing it. I think the harder part the, is the transformation aspect that comes with it. And I know, obviously, you guys at Lace, you know, that's really the epicenter of, of what you guys do. Right, definitely, Andy. And then, you know, I think it's that recognition that with cloud-based technology comes regular change means that you are constantly having to re-educate people uh, on elements of things and you have the ability to very easily flex process uh, and, and also move to the cloud if you've been not cloud-based for a while. Typically requires a significant change in process, behaviors, ways of working, uh, and so you've got to you've got to take people on that journey. And I think traditional training doesn't cut it. People forget too quickly. They don't use the system for a while. So they've forgotten that learning. And so that point of need learning, that deployment of information when people are actually needed in the context in which they need it is so critical. And I think that's why we've seen such a increase in the digital adoption platforms. And you made the point right at the start. You know, it's now a sector that is recognized by external uh, advisors who are who are looking there and the sort of gartners of the world are putting together their their reviews of the uh, of the market and Burson has written some papers in this recently uh, in this space as well you know I think it's uh, it's really validating to see that 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 market is coming together and people are paying attention to it but behavioral change is so key to, to making that happen and that reinforcement a point of need is is critical 
Yeah, I think I think you know there were statistics that that were coming out for a while, and, and I know uh, Gartner was one of them that, that said that seventy five percent of investments in technology failed to deliver their intended ROI. And I just I think that statistics like that just they can't, they can't stay around for, forever. There has to be something done about that. Uh, we have to think about things differently. And I know uh, I, I know we've talked about this before. One of the things that that I think was a game changer that's that sort of contributed to the adoption challenge really is the emergence of cloud technologies versus on premise. What we what we're seeing now is you know Salesforce is being implemented in seven days. You know, and it's like. It's really difficult to change behaviors when, uh, when you're in, trying to implement products in seven days. But yeah, and, and obviously the, the emergence of the fact that these technologies are now more feature rich than they've ever been before. They're more accessible across more, more platforms, you know, mobile, tablet, uh, yeah. desktop. You know, all of these things are compiling the challenge really around, around digital adoption. And that's really why uh, we, we, you know, we, we wanted to speak to um the audience that the that the Pulse uh, report covered, I guess that's something that, that we didn't really mention. Mm. You know, in, in terms of the executives that were covered, we, we basically, the report uh, was contributed uh, to by uh, 500 executive decision makers that were basically geographically spread across the UK and US, wanted to get a good US uh, segment as well. And mm. each of the organizations had uh, a minimum of a thousand employees. So that's the kind of target audience that we went through yeah. and, and contributed to the report. Yeah. Do you know um, one of the things that I picked out or I've seen of some of the stats that um, you guys have obviously shared with us um, was that run about, uh, I guess it's a planning question more than anything else. 83% of businesses stated that they only track adoption for 12 months and 12% measure the outcomes one to two years after implementation, falling to 5% after three years. I think this might be a question for both of you guys actually, therefore, is do you think HR teams, do they have a problem planning like short and medium term? That was kind of the first thing that popped into my head when I saw that stat. What do you reckon? I'll start with Andy because he's the guest. Oh right, that's very kind of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was thinking, not throw an hour. Uh, no, where do you start with this stuff? Uh, eight, you know, so yeah, with you know, eighty-three percent of people only track adoption for twelve months. You know, Aaron, how many how many HR projects have you worked on where you know they've been multi-wave deployments that have taken longer than twelve months to implement? Many, you know? many. <laughs> so you're only tracking your adoption KPIs for 12 months. You're in a bit of trouble because you, your implementation takes longer than that. But I think back to what Aaron said before, you know, these technologies, they don't, they don't they're not static. They change, they evolve, they grow. You know, uh, that whether you add more modules and grow into a portfolio of, uh, of tools or whether they just grow because actually, you know, regular software updates change twice a year. This post-go-live change frequency affects adoption. So if you're only tracking adoption KPIs to demonstrate value for the first 12 months, then I just don't understand how you can ever demonstrate back to the business that you're sustaining the value from your investment in that technology. I agree, Andy. No, I agree completely. I was thinking a couple of things there. One uh, clearly, the survey is not just about HR. So I think the, the challenge is not just in HR. So I think it's actually more to do with how people have approached system implementations, which in the early days of cloud, people were unsure how to do. They hadn't quite figured out the ongoing change environment. And therefore, 
change and training was seen very much as the more sort of following a more traditional kind of approach i guess so you get ready for the transformation your efforts before the transformation you have a, a minimal sort of hyper care support afterwards and then maybe some measurement i think what we're now seeing is the realization that with continuous change with the need to justify returns on investment you need to have that ongoing cadence of measurement um, but clearly that hasn't made its way through at least to the survey respondents yet as, as, a, as a habit and i would I don't think, I think the interesting thing is we do quite a lot of work on post-go-live support for SaaS implementations, for cloud implementations. And one of the major missing pieces, I think, when we look at the model for support for cloud is business as usual, change adoption support. So recognizing the ability to engage in ongoing change, to measure it, to understand where your challenges are. And Andy, you mentioned right at the start, you know, that ability to now look at that adoption statistics and measurements to understand where you should be preemptive. Where are people slowing down in the way they're using systems so you can get ahead of them even raising a request? Yeah, definitely. At Apple, we've got some really exciting technology where we can actually see people navigating across multiple different technologies. And, you know, from, from my perspective, we, we feel like that is the kind of really, really big uh, untapped data source for organizations. You know, imagine being able to see where people speed up and slow down across uh, your applications where they request help. That, you know, that type of data should be informing uh, support strategies, RPA strategies, you know, continuous improvement, as you just mentioned, continuous improvement strategies, maybe even investment strategies around technology, you know. And so I think it's, it's a really exciting space. One, one thing I was just going to ask, Aaron, and this is going to sound a little bit out there, but I'm just going to put it out there because I'm interested in it. You, you just mentioned there about change teams having to, or, 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 or thinking about change in a more sustainable, ongoing way. And I absolutely 100% agree. Do you think that like there could be a case where if the business acknowledged that change and ongoing change support has a direct impact on the value or sustained value from that technology, that actually change teams could could be could even be more strategic for, to the to, to the business or more valuable to the business as a result. I, I definitely think so. I think when you realise that you've got an ongoing change investment enough, what maybe a five year contract, uh, and most likely we see most most in the HR space anyway, most people renewing for the first renewal. Um, so you may be talking you know somewhere between eight or ten years worth of using the same provider with ongoing change three to four times a year. Now that's a lot of changes hitting your organization where you're spending money to get that, that value. You're already buying that, that service, you're already buying that ongoing change. And if you don't have a support mechanism in which to realize that, to make the most out of it, to get that return, then, then you're pouring money down the drain. And I think you suddenly go from being an organization that is about trying to land something once to repeatedly get value from your investment that moves you into a strategic rather than an operational space absolutely yeah i mean i've never really thought about it until you just mentioned it then and i just thought that you know it it's a really key role because if if you know if that change isn't managed in the right way then as you say it dilutes the value uh, that you get from your investment in that technology as you say throwing money down the drain uh, either through, you know, well, through low adoption, but then that culminating potentially in, you know, a lack of engagement with the with, with the technology or perhaps an increase in, in support tickets, as we've seen given the recent pandemic. So. 
No, no, agreed. I think it's interesting. It ties back to another stat in your report, and I think you did mention this earlier on as well, Andy, which is the, the one around KPIs, which I find, I find fascinating. So 89% of respondents have a measurement of some sort, a KPI around that technology, but I think it was 90% could, did, had trouble aligning it to a business outcome. So are we measuring the wrong things? Is that what that's telling us? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I personally think so. Somebody said to me, uh, and I, I have I have this tendency to borrow slash steal other people's quotes. I don't know if you guys do the same. Uh, Aaron, Aaron steals all mine, by the way, Chris. Just so you're aware. Uh, so well, you've dropped an Albert Einstein on us today. Yes, so exactly. I love it. <laughs> Aaron has to pay me royalties for the ones he steals off me. Uh, but someone um, said to me that just because something is used doesn't mean it's useful. And, and and that's where I think that the statistic around adoption KPIs is kind of a little bit vague. When someone says, you know, yeah, we've got adoption KPIs. Well, if, if you're just measuring usage, that's not adoption. You know, um, that, that has no, there's no bearing of quality uh, attributed to that measurement. So I think you're right, right, Aaron, you know, it could conceivably be the case that, that they're not, that, that people are not measuring the, the right things from that statistic. What I would say is, adopt, as I say, because adoption isn't usage, then there, there are other data points that are required in order, from our perspective, to measure adoption and demonstrate business value. And that type of data isn't readily available from vendors. So, I, I, you know, how many times let's, you know, let's take a HR example. OK, so we, we've all seen techno, HR technologies that allow you to manage, you know, hire to retire processes. Uh, and let's just say that the process is I'm going to recruit somebody and I need to I need to create a job requisition. And you've got a thousand hiring managers and they all create on average two to three uh, job requisitions a year. Now, what your HR platform will tell you is who's done it when they did it, how many requisitions, what day it was started, what day it ended, whereabouts it is in the process. What it won't tell you is how long in minutes and seconds, on average, does it take an employee to create a job requisition? Mm -hmm. And without that data, how can you possibly understand from a productivity perspective how much time people are spending in your applications executing business processes. So I think the time measurement is a very critical data point that is missing from, from this. And, and for me, that's that's why obviously we, we do track that at Apple, but that's why a lot of our customers use that data to identify, you know, which business processes are taking the, the longest to complete on average, and what could we potentially do to improve those processes to make them more efficient to transact? Subsequently, then that would that would have a contribution to business value. So I, I would agree. I, I think that we're still tracking the, the wrong thing. One of the things that we've started doing, I don't know, Aaron, if you've seen this and, and Chris, is we've um, started to create adoption OKRs or, or, or KPIs, as people might recognize them, where we define a specific set of adoption metrics and key results at the outset that the business wants to measure to demonstrate value and success. And then we report on those through the implementation and then sustainably report on them over time. So at any point, the business can report on those objectives and say, look, you know, this is where we're at against them and this is why we're, we're doing a good job and, and why people are embracing this technology and it's adding the value that we wanted to, to the business. Mm -hmm. That's, a, good, that's, that's a, a very good point. 
Andy. And I think oh, it's on the OKRs, we I think we've worked alongside yourselves actually putting some OKRs in. And I think one of the big differences there for me was that it, it was a it was a conversation that wasn't divorced from the business. We it was a one that talked initially about what was the outcome and what was the reason for why that technology was being implemented? What was the business outcome that was trying to be achieved? And then from there, setting the OKRs around the adoption side of it to sort of reflect that um, the behaviours and the and the actual business process change that you were trying to, to create through putting technology in were being measured. Uh, and that, that for me has been one of the big differences, I think, between that and more traditional implementations I've been involved in where the KPIs are much more centric on is the system live? Was it live on time? Have we got enough users on it? You know, have we logged them in on in, in time? Whereas these ones are much more centric, I think, on on that. And I think it does reflect that that need to measure the the business outcome. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like a, in the past it was almost like a checkbox exercise. Have we done that? Whereas I think that the OKRs view is is more around ongoing. Uh, objectives and key results and, me- and measuring them all the time. I think, you know, for me, it, it is critical for an organization to have to have those OKRs uh, and KPIs in upfront. And, and if if they don't, they, they, they're not truly falling. We, we have like, we have um, an adoption ready attitude where we, where we look at our customers and say, you know, do they truly understand what digital adoption is? Do they understand the business value it will have? And I think of the organizations that do have adoption OKRs uh, when they're implementing a, a transformation, they definitely fall into that category because, it, you know, they're, they're demonstrating that they understand that adoption is inherently linked to to value. And until, yeah. I, until customers make that connection, I think, you know, I think that they'll continue to, to struggle to drive value from investments in technology. The value thing is an interesting one. And also I noted what you said, Andy, about the, you know, the usefulness. One of the stats that I just wanted to just obviously highlight as well, which just is worth, I think it's, I quite like listening to it mainly because of the webinar that we did a few weeks ago, Aaron, which was the stat around 54% of businesses using over a hundred applications. Mm. And I think back to the webinar that we did a couple of weeks ago with Luca and he took, and he, we were asking the questions, you know, what pieces, what pieces of HR tech do you have? And he pretty much just said, we really have scaled back on that because from a user's perspective, if you are not if you're if you've got all of these applications i'm just if i'm an employee and i'm sat here and i know that it's gonna i've got 12 different um, systems that i've got to log into whether it's recording my holiday or or what what looking at different businesses processes it's just gonna it's gonna put me off so i guess my question there to andy is do you think we'll see an increase in the in organizations looking to scale back their, app, their their applications and i guess it's linked to what you were talking about in terms of kpis and working out well if we've got all these applications are they actually useful are they actually delivering productivity to us or not yeah i i think uh, i'd be really interested to hear aaron's perspective i mean for my, my view on it uh, is in in hr i would like to think the answer is yes I would like to think that less technology that's working better for us and that we're getting more value out of. I, I would say as a business in general, I, I think unfortunately no. And the mm. reason for that is we're digitizing everything. You know, on mm. average, we use over over eight applications daily. We we, we typically use when, when we're at work to facilitate tasks. And the, the interesting statistic, and I'm going to put this back to you guys, and I'll, I'll be gutted if you know the answer to this. How many times do you think per day we transition or switch between those eight applications? 
I'm not even going right. to hazard a guess. I'm not even going to hazard a guess. Let's have a guess. 50 times. Yeah, I would have said 25, 30, maybe. 1,100 times a day. That's how often we switch between the eight apps that you use. Think about how many times you go, you go to a Word doc and back to email and then email to calendar and then calendar to Word again. 1,100 times a day. So if you think about that context switch, you know, I did a, a webinar recently with, with a, a gentleman called Charles Betts from Forrester, and, and he was talking about how important it is to maintain what they call flow because flow affects productivity. So if you context switch, actually it makes you less productive. So I, I, unfortunately, I think the answer is no. I think we are going to see, continue to see rises in technology. I think that, and I don't want to, you know, COVID this because I think COVID, there's been so many COVID comments. But the reality is, is that it's exposed. COVID has exposed the digital fragility of organizations. And as a result, they are going to need to plug those gaps, which means they're going to see more investment in technology. I think I think what we need to do, we as practitioners that work in the transformation space, I think we just need to we need to help practitioners understand, you know, better structure themselves in ways to be able to adopt the amount of technology that's being implemented. I think statistics like the 83% of people not measuring KPIs properly and the fact that I think I think change teams are still not structured to, ma- to manage ongoing operational change. Those things are demonstration that we're not there yet. We've still got a lot of work to do. I agree. I agree with Andy completely. I think in the HR space, I can see a consolidation starting to happen. I can see a consolidation in some of the functions, but I think what we are going to see is still a continual proliferation of digital products. But I think what we could see, and this is where I think the the adoption platforms play in is, and, and this is part of what we, we heard from Luca, right, when he was talking about sort of experience and also what we heard when we spoke with um, Facebook around Workplace, which is the need for a single experience for, for where you do the majority of your work. And you can imagine being in a, in a support environment, looking at those 200 plus cloud products, instead of having 200 experiences around support, having one digital adoption platform that you go to that is consistent across those that is where you get the real value, I think, around the productivity because you're not switching. You know where to go for help. You go from one place across those platforms. And I think that's why we've seen the explosion in this market. That's why we're seeing the analysts be so interested in this market because they've clicked that this is not tied to one function. This is something that could be applied across across all, all systems that are cloud-based and therefore is a real boon to uh, CIOs and, and that's that side of the market. I think the consistency as well is, is at the browser level. Most technology, most cloud technologies these days are deployed. You know, and they, they run through Chrome or IE or Firefox. That's a consistent technology that is used, and and that's why you know at Apple and we track at that level because it it gives us that consistent approach across multiple applications. And but I think anyway, any way that we can um, consolidate and improve the the user experience, the better. Get specifically given some of the stats we've seen. 
Definitely. So we are just coming towards the end of the podcast today. Aaron, is there any final sort of bits that you want to pluck out or Andy, if there's any stats that we haven't sort of talked about? And at this point, what I will say just to anybody that's listening, we will put the link to the report in the show notes. And we'll also, when we push out the messages via the various social channels, uh, we'll get the guys from Apple and to, to give us the links and things. So you can access the report yourself if you want to have a listen. But Aaron, any sort of final bits that you want to pluck out? Or should we just, if there's well, anything think- that Andy wants to, wants to pluck? Yeah. No, thanks, Chris. I, th- I think having stolen uh, some of Andy's quotes earlier today and paying him royalty, I'm going to steal. I'm going to steal one of your questions, Chris. Which is, uh, Andy, looking looking forward. You know, this is a very exciting time as we're talking about that this market is really exploding. What what do you see as the sort of big innovations around adoption in the next twelve months to two years? I think I genuinely at, at the moment I feel like it's data. I really do. I'm writing a piece at the moment for Forbes, and in it, I'm talking about a thing called user experience measurement. This is the ability, these organizations saying they've got 200 applications. This is the ability to measure user behavior across all of those applications. And as I say, understand where people speed up, where they slow down, where they need help, where they get stuck. And then if you imagine the power of what you could do with that data, you know, in terms of, as I said before, you know, whether it be informing investment strategies, whether it be informing process automation, continuous improvement, help and support strategies. For me, it's going to sit around data. And I think that uh, I'm hoping that organizations that start to see that that data is possible to acquire will realize that, you know, how valuable it can be. Because I think in the past, you know, transformations was was a little bit of a finger in the air. You know, you used to pick one of your big implementers because they'd done it before and that was the safe pair of hands. I think now data has got a big part to play. As you know, Aaron, we've rolled out our technology across multiple HR tools. And we can advise customers on where their adoption challenges are going to be based on other, you know, where where other organizations have had similar issues. So it's going to be more of a data-driven approach to transformation and less about reputation and in my in my view anyway. Okay. Cool. So yeah, we're just at the end now. Andy, is there any final sort of closing thoughts before we uh, we wrap up? Or uh, is that is that your lot? And they can read the report and download it and all that all that good stuff. I think it was you no, know, just great. I always love a love a good podcast. Specifically, love talking to you guys, and no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have to do another one uh, soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Andy, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. Thank you very, very much for coming on and sharing some of the the results of this fascinating survey. As I mentioned, we will put all the links and uh, people can access that as and when they uh, as and when they want to. I think that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on most of the places that you get your podcasts, whether that's through uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or TuneIn. You just need to search for HR on the offensive. Uh, I think that leaves me with nothing more to say than once more to say. Thank you very much to Andy for joining us today. And Aaron, thank you very much for helping me to uh, interrogate him over all things <laughs> Pulse Report and Digital Adoption Solutions. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Cool. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.